Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of The Zip Code Plays, Antius Theatre Company's collection of original audio plays exploring the vibrant and diverse neighborhoods of Los Angeles. I'm company member Ramon Diocampo, and I'll be your host as we travel across the Southland and through different time periods and genres exploring our community. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to acknowledge that all of the plays in this series were written, recorded, and take place on land that is the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Gabrielino Tongva peoples. So, let's get to it. In Season 1, Antias tasked members of its Playwrights Lab to create original plays inspired by one of LA's many unique neighborhoods. Or, you guessed it, zip codes which we then recorded with members of our acting ensemble. Because of your enthusiastic response, listeners, we were inspired to press on, and this season, we bring you six all-new zip code plays. Today's story takes place in a part of Los Angeles that is pretty familiar to people outside of town. The zip code is just west of the central part of LA, after you get out of the downtown area, but before the really ritzy Beverly Hills area. And it's really known for being one of the main areas to go out on the town. The Sunset Strip is here. Also, one of the biggest, proudest, and most fun LGBTQ communities in the country is in this zip code. And I used to live there. We start the season off with playwright Sean Abley's 90069 West Hollywood. Brunch interrupted. Hey, can someone find out whose car that is? We need to move it for the raffle table. Hey. Hey. How's it look inside? Oh, I think we're good. Uh, do you have the list? Yeah, hit me. Uh, we put the cover on the pool table and set up the red dress mannequin ring toss game. Check. Uh, jello shots are in the bar fridge. Check. And we hung the pinata, which I still think is a mistake to have inside. Well, there's no place to hang a piñata outside. Oh, could we just, I don't know, set it on a table out here and let them hit it with a stick? That is not how piñatas work. I know, but I just don't think blindfolding a drunk guy and giving him a stick to swing around in a crowded bar is a good idea. It feels like something we're going to talk about later for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> hey, Gary, is that your car? Yeah. Can you move it to the back corner so we can set up the raffle table? Mm. Thanks. Uh, it's going to be fine. Uh, hey, Ben. There are two more pallets of water behind the bar. Now, once those are out, we're pretty much set up. Uh, what about safety goggles, just in case? I bet if we just, like, casually wear them and act like they're cool, everybody will put them on. Joe, my love, my gay, <laughs> homosexual husband, mm. Red Dress Party has been going on for over a decade, and there's never been a serious injury. Mm, except the lawn darts Except the lawn darts year, year mm -hmm. yes, I know. But I, I think we can both agree no one would have predicted Julianne Potatoes would get drunk enough to play overhand. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody, can I get your attention? Thank you all for your hard work. I think we're good out here. Be back at noon. Red dress on. And be ready to make a shitload of money for the Pediatric AIDS Foundation. We have time for brunch, I think. Where? Uh, Joey's. We can walk. My bag's inside. One sec. You leave anything in there? Uh, nope. Just the dresses. Excuse me. Is the manager out here somewhere? Uh, no. He's inside. Oh. Okay, thanks. Uh, the bar's not technically open yet. We're just uh, decorating for an event later. Is that the manager? Uh, that African-American gentleman coming out of the bar? No, that's my husband. 
and he's black. I see that. I have eyes. I meant black is the preferred term. A preferred term for what? Your race. I turn my back for a second. I mean, there needs to be a law that white people can't talk about race unless there's a black person in the room. I'm not here to talk about race. I'm here to talk to someone about that music. I don't understand why, if the bar's closed, the music is playing so loud. I hear it in my house. Uh, well, where do you live? Right there. We just moved in a month ago. And we hear the noise from that bar constantly. That's not noise. That's dance music. Well, I've already called the city twice. No help. Well, you just moved here, so you probably don't know, but it's actually a city ordinance in West Hollywood that gay bars have to play dance music whenever gay people are within 100 feet. <laughs> it's not even open. And regardless, nobody should be blasting music at 10 a.m. on Sunday. You've obviously never lived next to a black church. This isn't a church. I- I'm going to talk some sense into that manager. Uh, 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 no, you're not. He's busy. And... If that doesn't work, I'm calling the cops. Uh, uh, Excuse me. Get out of my way. Ma'am, go home. You can't block me. Brad's busy. He doesn't need some old, straight, white lady colonizer bothering him just because she's been forced to listen to music. Colonizer? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? You moved Kitty Corner from a gay bar in a gay city. That's just how it goes. Uh, Well, that's not just how it goes. I don't care if it's a gay city or not. I live here, and I have the right to peace and quiet in my own home. Look, go back to your house, I close all the windows, and if you can still hear the music, I would suggest sticking your head up your ass. Joe. Then, if you can still hear it, at least you'll suffocate. What? Now, honey, what did we say about wishing death upon our enemies? No, I am just so fucking sick of straight people chipping away at West Hollywood just because they can afford to move here. You didn't buy a cone of silence with your house, you old bat, so take your Gladys Crevice bullshit and pound sand. Joe. Ooh, so now you're clever with the TV references, Mr. Gay Guy. Did you know that the gay church had to move out of WeHo because the rents have been jacked up so high? Well, that's not my fault. Straight people come in, you buy property and tear it down and rebuild, and then all the property values go up, and so do the rents. And then gay people have to leave, because on average they make less than straight people, and then the gay businesses and the legacy businesses are forced out. And now there's some dumb chain restaurant where the dildo store used to be. That shouldn't be. We shouldn't have to leave WeHo to buy a dildo. You can buy them online. That's not the point. Oh, dear Lord Jesus in heaven. And now you're coming for the neighborhood gay bar. I don't care if it's a gay bar. It's a noisy bar. Well, I care if it's a gay bar. I care. Anytime we build something of our own out of nothing, straight people see how great it is, and eventually they take it away. Uh, That's nonsense. Um, the Castro? Um, E! Entertainment Network? RuPaul? Hello? All the gay things. And what's left, if we're lucky, are the gay bars. And you know why gay bars are important? Five bucks says he's going to tell me why gay bars are important. Gay bars are important because men needed a place to go where they could be themselves and not get murdered. Okay, we're done here. Now, they are not for Let's your, go, come no, on. They are not for your bridal showers. They are not so you can have a safe place to dance. They're for our protection. And yes, music is a part of that. And I don't want to have to explain joy to you. When a straight woman is in a gay bar, she is a guest. And that's provisionally. Joe, we're done. Stop. I'm doing civil rights. Go up to the corner and I'll meet you there. <sighs> Fine. <sighs> It was nice to meet you. Have a terrible day. Don't worry, I am. I'll meet you at Joey's. Okay. I apologize. What's your name, ma'am? I'm not a ma'am. Ruby. I'm Moses, 
And that one man angry mob was my husband, Joe. I apologize for his tone, but he speaks the truth. You know, maybe think about that before you rack up those complaints to the city council. What, what's happening here? What's all the decorations? Am I in for some block party all day? Red dress party. Pediatric AIDS fundraiser. Oh. Yeah, kids with AIDS, so. And everyone wears red dresses. Yep. You and the angry one? Floor length and sleeveless, with a medium heel, because it's daytime. Obviously. <laughs> we raise about $5,000 every year. So, you know, if you call the city and get us shut down, sorry, kids with AIDS. I gotcha. I'm not a monster. You're wearing a jogging visor and mismatching greens. You might as well be Godzilla. Ooh, is that tea? I learned that on Drag Race. No tea or shade. <laughs> uh-huh. You're welcome. Uh, I gotta run. We're late for brunch. Oh, where's good brunch? I haven't really investigated the restaurants in the area yet. They don't have brunch on Monster Island? Okay, okay. <laughs> we like Joey's. It's not amazing, but it's there. Gotcha. Have a good one. Uh, you too. Uh, nice meeting you. Uh, I'll have the turkey omelet, uh, actual turkey, turkey, not turkey sausage, with uh, cheddar and salsa, home fries, sourdough, side of bacon. Oh, here he is. Uh, over here, and he'll have the steak and eggs, well done and over medium. Home fries, sourdough, water and coffee for both of us. Thanks. Oh, sorry. Excuse me, miss. Sorry, can I get... And she's gone. I ordered for you. Oh, well done on the steak, please. I told her. Who's her? And what happened to Gina? Wasn't anything open in her section, so I took first available. She seems real green. Uh-huh. And how's the queer Avenger? Oh, thank you. Um, he'll be fine after he has some of this coffee. Thank you. Um, is there any cream left in that? Yep, here. Thanks. Hmm. As per Joey's established pattern of conduct, the coffee is perfectly marginal. Are we not gonna talk about what just happened? <laughs> You know that shit drives me insane. No. Well, thankfully, you didn't weaken your position by letting on how angry you were. It just drives me crazy, the entitlement of people like that. Well, white people do like their entitlement. It doesn't help the city council is selling off the city to the highest bidder. They're going to leave us with nothing. Gay space is evaporating, and gargoyles like whatever her name is... Uh... Ruby. Ugh, sounds like a diner waitress. I smoothed that over for you, by the way. I mean, I know we love our righteous indignation, but every time she calls the city... Gold Coast gets the brunt of that. Hmm. I think she might be wooed to WeHo. Her? Well, she enjoyed being insulted by a queer black man, and honestly, it wasn't even my best material. Firmly busting truck gay shade circa 1997. Well, I'm glad you smoothed it over, I guess, but you didn't really back me up back there. What do you mean? Of course I did. No, not really. I mean, you sort of stepped in, but you didn't really, like, further my case. Did it occur to you that maybe I don't take it as seriously as you do? You don't take straight colonizing of West Hollywood seriously? Straight colonizing just means more white people. It's not any better or worse than the day before. That's not true. Are you kidding me? If you're going to talk colonizing, you might want to start with the fact that West Hollywood wasn't empty when the gays showed up in their covered wagons. There was a pretty big Russian community here, as I recall. Okay, fair point. But still... But I still what? You let her off the hook. At the expense of us, we shouldn't have to cater to some old straight lady. I mean, at least have my back. Oh, boy. What? 
We were so close to having a nice brunch, like this close. What? Do you truly not understand why I smoothed it over with Lady Godzilla? Lady what? It's a thing we did. Do you really not know? I mean, for the bar, obviously. White women are the most... No, never mind. What? No, you, you know what? I'm not going to edit myself this time. Look, white women are dangerous for black men. Full stop. Well, yes, obviously, I, I understand that, but her? All of them. There is not a white woman in the world that doesn't have the power to weaponize their whiteness. Well, sure, but she was complaining about the bar. Fact. The minute I saw her talking to you, I knew she was there to cause trouble, and that pissed me off. Also fact. If I joined you in going all bitch cakes on her ass, she would have felt more threatened and maybe actually called the police. And the first words out of her mouth would have been, A black man is threatening me. I get it. Do you? Every time I'm face to face with a white woman, I become the approachable black man who talks white so I can be a credit to my race in her eyes and get out of there alive. That happens to me on the daily, hourly. And I don't think you really understand what that adds up to for a black man. Of course I do. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking it through. Oh, perfect. That was really quick. Kitchen must be banging it out today. Oh, thanks, sweetheart. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. But I can tell this steak is medium and I really want it well done. Could you ask them to throw it on the grill for another minute for me? I'd really appreciate it. And she's gone. Was that hostile silence or was that just I'm busy silence? I mean, I know it's terrible for you. You know I know it's terrible. It's just, with all this happening in the city... The city. The one you're so hot to protect against white trauma that it blinds you to what your husband goes through has bigger problems than a lack of dildos. Like? Like a city built on the bedrock systemic racism of white gay men and lack of tops. But mostly the first one. I feel like you're about to put me into one of those categories. And considering what happened at Frank's birthday party last night... Why don't we ever hang out at Davon's house? Or do dinner at Lakeisha and Lakeisha's condo. What do you mean? Why don't we ever go over to their places? I don't know. They always come over to ours. Why do they always have to come over to our place? Well, they don't have to, but it's nice here. Mm. I mean, I mean that's what I'm trying to say. West Hollywood is nice, and I, wanna, I want it to stay that way. And I like being a good host. We like being good hosts. And Davon and the Lakeisha are always raving about our cooking and the view from our roof. Lakeisha with a K is obsessed with how we redid the office, BTW. I guess I never thought about it. I, I thought we were being generous to our friends. Exactly. You never thought about it. You thought you were doing a charitable act for our black friends. I didn't say charity. You look at all of this like it's some gay paradise that only straight people can ruin. But it's not one ounce safer for black gay people than it is on the other side of La Brea. I mean, how many black faces do you see at this restaurant? that aren't working here. Honey, you know I'm trying, don't you? I'm sorry if I haven't lived up to, I don't know, my responsibilities, but I'm really trying. I understand you're angry, but is it really about me? I mean, do you seriously think that I don't? What I think is you're limited by your own experience. Did you never even consider that I might like to hang out in a black neighborhood every once in a while? The Lakeisha live in Baldwin Hills and they'd love to have us over. Well, then why don't they ask us over? Because they think you won't want to go. Oh. That looks great. Thank you. Uh, could you send the busboy over for more coffee when you get us? And she's gone. That girl's like vapor. Eat your omelet before it gets cold. I don't think I'm hungry anymore. 
Do our friends think I'm an asshole? Eat your eggs. Mm. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, even for racers. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. How's your steak? I'm looking for a couple, uh, oh, there they are. Thanks. you got to be shitting me. That bad? Hello, new friends. No. Oh, stop. No, uh-uh. You cannot invade gay brunch. This is our holy land. I'm not going to invade. I'm just a tourist. That all looks delicious. It sure does, and I'd love to eat at some point. So, I was thinking about our conversation earlier, and while I still think the bar is too loud, I also think it's terrible that gays are getting pushed out. So, I got you this. Oh, my God. Oh! <laughs> I know. It's a pretty good one. Uh, what are you doing? Take that off the table. You mentioned the dildo stores are being closed, and I remembered my daughter won one of these at her friend's shower a couple months ago. So I thought this might be a good peace offering. You re-gifted me a dildo? It's still in the package. <laughs> my gift to you. Why? Well, I felt bad that you couldn't buy them in the neighborhood anymore. And, quite frankly, you seem like you could use one. Oh, my God, someone kill me. I have to say, <laughs> you definitely should be flattered she thinks you could handle the size of this thing. Where's that stray bullet I ordered? <laughs> That's just the appetizer. The main course. Don't! Don't. Now, if you're going to be in red dresses all day and night, I figured you could use this one. Wow. <laughs> That's actually really beautiful. Yeah. I don't think I have any shoes in your size. Don't say it. Uh, but this was my daughter's, and she's... Rubenesque. I don't know what that means. But if it means plus size, then yes. She works in the theater. She travels with those big Broadway tours. Mm, actor? Props, actually. She's with Hamilton. I- have you heard of this thing? It's the story of Alexander Hamilton, a musical. Uh, But they do a lot of raps, and it has all sorts of people in it. All sorts of people. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I loved it. It's actually her house I'm living in, in the mother-in-law bungalow out back. She's on the road all the time, so she wanted someone in the house full-time, so she imported mom. From? Oklahoma. Tulsa. Tulsa. Interesting city. Oh, it's fine. To West Hollywood. I know. Talk about homesteading. Well, welcome to West Hollywood. Mm. Thank you. I called Mel after we talked, and she was livid about what I'd done, and she demanded I make a big donation to your charity party. You know, I meet all her friends when she comes through town, and so many of them are really gay. Really gay? On a Broadway tour? Impossible. She's what she likes to call a queen's familiar. All the boys love Melissa. Anyway... I did feel bad, and so I wanted to bring this red dress by in case somebody needed it. And make a donation to the cause. No. What? What do you mean, no? I mean, no. I'm not going to take your money or your dress. Why not? Because you're going to put on that red dress and a medium heel, and you're going to bring that money and make the donation yourself. Red dress party starts at noon, goes on until 6 p.m., and after that, it's just a general beer bust. Yeah, but I thought you said you wanted gay spaces to be gay spaces and straight women were provisional guests. I'm inviting you. You will be my guest. And it's going to cost more than that insultingly small wad of money. Noted. Feel free to invite any of the other residents of Monster Island. 
I do hear that Mothra enjoys a drink or two on the weekends. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> it's a thing we're doing. It's called shade. Okay, off with you before someone drops the house on you, too. Our eggs are getting cold. <laughs> and I need to steam this dress. And enjoy your breakfast. I'll see you at the party. Have a terrible day. What just happened? Same shit, different white lady. But I do give her points for trying. This dildo is actually really expensive. <laughs> Could you please put that in your bag? <laughs> you don't want to open it? Here? Only if you're going to beat me to death with it immediately after. Oh, boo, no fun. Do Dayfon and the Lakeishai think I'm racist? You're going to have to ask them that. Okay. That feels... I don't know. I can't find the word. What I can tell you is they will all be very open to having the conversation. Okay. Eat your eggs. Mm. And I'm going to enjoy my medium-well steak. You've been listening to 90069, West Hollywood. Brunch Interrupted. Written by Sean Abley. Directed by Michael A. Shepard. Starring Bill Brocktrup as Joe, Angie Bird as Ruby, and Parnell Damone Marcano as Moses. Taylor Ann Cullen is our production stage manager. Jeff Gardner is our extraordinary audio producer, sound designer, and Foley artist. Alan Mandel created our original music, and our sound editor is Diego Tapia. The Zip Code Play series is generously sponsored in part by the Michael J. Connell Foundation. Antia's Theatre Company is an actor-driven ensemble that explores timely and timeless work, grounded in our passion for the classics. Our artistic directors are Bill Brocktrup and Katie Swink. Anna Rosa Halloran is our executive director. Nicole Samsel is our tireless director of operations, with additional production support by Jade Mujayas. For more information about the Zip Code Plays, or to support Antias, please visit our website at zipcodeplays.info. While there, check out the original illustrated maps of each of our zip codes created by artist Cynthia Jaquette. Really cool. You can also visit highlights of each neighborhood in person or virtually by taking the Zip Code Plays tour. If you enjoyed this production, please leave us a rating or review. It really helps new listeners find us. If you're looking for more great theater in L.A., check out our colleagues at the Los Angeles LGBT Center. They produce theater, live performances, and host exhibitions that showcase and celebrate the experiences of the diverse LGBT community. Next up on The Zip Code Plays, we jump back in time to 1925, where famed evangelist Amy Semple McPherson entertains two visitors, one alive and one dead, in 90026 Echo Park. My efforts could change these men, fill them with holy fire. Maybe they'll change you. These men want publicity. You don't seem to realize that you're bigger than all of them. You're a star. The cross is the star. But your picture's plastered on the front of this building. <sighs> Everything you do should point people toward God and Him alone. Reverend... You must repent. I sincerely don't believe I have anything to repent for. I've only sought Him. I'm Ramon Diocampo. On behalf of all of us at Antius, thank you for listening. <laughs>